0: It's really a a mission of ours and a a requirement to educate people about what we're doing. Uh, It's one thing to throw up a really interesting show and expect, you know, the fellow artists to get it, fellow MFAers to understand it. But for the public to get it, uh, we we don't want them walking in and being confused and feeling insulted and feeling uh, left out and turn around and leave. We really try to engage with them about what is this artist trying to do? What is this art form? How is this relevant? How is this significant? You know, maybe they won't understand it, but at least they'll, they'll, they'll appreciate um, the challenges. That's kind of what we really work, work towards.
1: Welcome to the Studio Break Podcast. I'm your host, David Linaway. For today's 133rd episode, Josh Cox joins me from the Peoria Art Guild, and we talk all about the upcoming exhibitions as well as some of the courses that they offer, so please stay tuned for that. If you're new to Studio Break, we're a podcast and blog site. We feature a variety of different artists. They come on, I speak with them about their studio practice or their organization, and we share all the interviews right there on studiobreak.com. Again, each of the entries have images of the art Work or the space as well as contact information so please get a hold of them of course you can subscribe to the podcast in itunes and listen to it there so we hope that you do that and of course you can also follow us in a number of different social media including uh, facebook tumblr and of course twitter at studio break so please check us out in those spaces all right stay tuned for our interview with josh cox of the peori art guild stay tuned Welcome, Joshua Cox. How are you today?
0: I'm great. How are you, Dave?
1: Excellent, excellent. And again, you know, we've been trying to have you on for a while, and you work at the Peoria Art Guild, again, one of the, the spaces that is so awesome to kind of offer uh, one of our competition winners a, a space. And so there'll be a show coming up for that. And obviously, there's all sorts of other shows, other things going on. So I wanted to bring you on and, and you know, ask you all sorts of questions about that. So thanks for taking the time.
0: Oh, thanks. Happy to talk to you. And happy to be a part of this, yeah, the yeah the studio break contest. We love the artists we get from you guys.
1: Awesome, awesome. And so I guess just to start out, so can you tell us a little about what is your uh, official position and you know what do you what do you kind of <laughs> have your hands in, and we can kind of go from there and, and talk about some of the different functions of uh, the guild.
0: Sure, I'm the exhibitions and studio school coordinator. So my sort of my purview is everything that happens in the building in our our two uh, our two galleries. Curating and booking the shows, getting the shows set up, working with the artists, and then also trying to kind of trying to restart the studio school program that we have. We have a, a number of studio spaces in the basement and anything that happens in the building, that's what I take care of.
1: Right, right. And so that's something that you, we were just kind of talking about is just kind of, I don't know, how it's been revitalized, how it's been growing over the past couple of years. Could you talk to us maybe just a little bit about the history of, of the Guild and I guess, um, I don't know where it's at now. I mean, I guess that's maybe a lot to kind of compact, right?
0: <laughs> yeah. I mean, the Guild's been around, oh, geez, decades. I don't know how long. I've been there a year. Uh, but about th- two or three years ago, uh, you know, a friend of ours, uh, and friend of yours, Bill Conger, um, got on the board of trustees and really started to steer the Guild in a new direction exhibition-wise and programming-wise and start to make exhibitions uh, and programming that's really progressive, really, um, really conceptual, really really forward-thinking, really introduced some new things to uh, Peoria. He got the board of trustees to go along with that, and now he's brought me on to sort of continue that mission. So we're really trying to be that place in Peoria where you can see really cutting-edge, really groundbreaking, sort of progressive, different work, Um, really trying to push what Peoria thinks it can handle in terms of of art-making and art-viewing. Art experiences.
1: When you're kind of putting together these challenging exhibitions, how does that, that educational side of the exhibition or, you know, kind of allowing uh, community to kind of, I guess, understand and experience contemporary art in, in this way where they can kind of take something away from it?
0: Well, it is a challenge, uh, partly because the, the Art Guild has a reputation of being kind of traditional, kind of old fashioned, and maybe that's what we were for a long time. But uh, so we're fighting, a, we're fighting a reputation of being, you know, being old fashioned. Um, But, yeah, we've got this amazing space. It's really a a mission of ours and a a requirement to educate people about what we're doing. Uh, It's one thing to throw up a really interesting show and expect, you know, the fellow artists to get it, fellow MFAers to understand it. But for the public to get it, uh, we we don't want them walking in and being confused and feeling insulted and feeling uh, left out and turn around and leave. We really try to engage with them about what is this artist trying to do? What is this art form? How is this relevant? How is this significant? And uh, really, you know, maybe they won't understand it, but at least they'll they'll, they'll appreciate um, the challenges. That's kind of really work work towards.
1: Well, and I know for myself, you know, just kind of being at at different exhibition openings, um, you know, there's a lot of different people from the community that will come out, and I think a lot of that takes place through you know just kind of con- conversation about the work and. You know, being able to see it in that environment just to, you know, have all these different people in there and talking about it and, you know, generating interest and questions and things like that.
0: That is one good, great thing about an opening reception where there's a lot of people, sometimes too many people you from the work. But I think here when you get a lot of people in the gallery, it's a comfort to other visitors to say, oh, there's other people interested in this. And they can, they can say to somebody next to them, hey, I don't get this. Do you get it? And they can say, I'm not sure I do. Let's see if we can figure it out together. And it ends up being a learning process for everybody there. They all kind of pitch in and, and work with the work and experience it together. And I think that's, that's really uh, pretty significant, pretty interesting.
1: And is that something where you'll do like guided tours and, and things like that for exhibitions, if if uh, schools are interested, or?
0: Yeah, we offer guided tours. Um, I try to do a little bit of writing about each show. Try to take those artist statements and try to distill them and and simplify them a little bit, and, and try to do some writing that people can read about it and get the work. But we offer tours, and this year I'm really hoping to do more uh, more lectures, more panel discussions, really get more community outreach going on with the exhibits. Uh, that's definitely
1: a goal. The space upstairs is is absolutely gorgeous. It's huge. Yeah, and then you have all the, also the flexibility of the the kind of downstairs exhibition space. Mm-hmm. I would imagine just having those two spaces kind of offer you some flexibility in terms of what you might show or how they relate, or you know if they're different um, different ways of kind of working.
0: Yeah, we work hard to find two artists that complement each other. That that deal with similar themes, whether aesthetic or conceptual, and we, you know, not that they're not that one's easier than the other, but that they are different enough that, maybe you don't quite connect with the show upstairs. You go downstairs, okay, now I something I can tie into, mm-hmm. and you get that, then maybe you head back upstairs and and have another experience up there. So it is nice having those two galleries that that speak to each other, and people can bounce back and forth between, definitely.
1: And and as a curator, I'm just curious. You know how how does that uh, schedule kind of like get programmed? Is it like kind of a combination of, you know, incorporating artists that are you know from the local scene in Peoria and the area surrounding Peoria, uh, national artists. Um, I, how does that whole process work? Because I know that you also will do um, you know open calls at various times of the year too. So it seems like there's a lot of different ways as a curator that you're you're selecting.
0: Yeah, it's it's really nice for me as a curator and somebody who sort of leads a small committee of of fellow artists who who put together the shows. We have an ongoing open call via, you know, the cafe website uh, and via our our Guild website. So anybody can submit a proposal. So we get a lot of really interesting national and international proposals that way. So we can can pull from that pool. But then we also look for local and regional artists that we think um, should be showing at the Guild or would work really well with another artist and put together uh, some group and duo shows that way.
1: Are there are there any like shows in this last year or or I guess previous shows that you could maybe highlight that kind of do what we're talking about in terms of kind of bring people together? I mean, I'm su- I'm sure every show does that, but are there any uh, favorites that you can kind of recall in the past year or so that were especially that way?
0: Well, last fall we had a really a really incredible show. Uh, it, three installation artists: uh, Kara Koffel from Jacksonville, Illinois; Susan Emerson from Bloomington; and Jason Jason Ackman from Rushville. They all did work that was sort of sculptural installation based, uh, reclaiming wood, uh, repeating forms, working from memory. And they, they just filled both galleries just with sort of an amazing amount of, of artwork and this amazing sort of collaboration between the three and the, the visitors really kind of really taken aback by what they saw. And, but you know, they, they, they were also able to connect. There were so many different sort of styles and techniques and, and, and approaches that, uh, yeah, I think people really learned about what art could be, uh, capable of and what a, what a gallery space, what a gallery show could look like could be. I think it really pushed the envelope for what people are used to seeing around here. I was really psyched about that show.
1: Is that something too, where like a, like artists kind of have a, uh you know, free reign. I mean, obviously, uh, you know, having having set up shows in different spaces and perhaps maybe drilling through into a floor and then, you know, kind of sneakily having to kind of like patch that up or kind of cover it up. You know, I again, I know that there's a lot of issues and concerns. Um, Is that something where, where you kind of allow the artist to kind of really envision what they want when you when you, you know, bring them to the space and let them see it for themselves?
0: As much as possible, especially with that upstairs gallery. It's so big and so vast and such great light. Uh, it gives it gives artists an opportunity to do something they don't often get to do at that scale. So I really like to let them have free reign to a certain extent. Yeah, I mean, and I work with them to help them construct things. And I'm, a, I'm there to help clean up and repair anything that has to happen. So I'm really sort of, you know what, the ball's in your court. Do whatever you want. Let's see what happens. I, I like that. Uh, I like that process.
1: You know, I've, I've been in instances where maybe um, the people in charge aren't really uh, artists themselves or maybe, I don't know, don't care too much, maybe more in like a gallery system. Is that something that's also kind of exciting too to be able to be, you know, contemporary artists that are all kind of working together to help other artists kind of like realize these these, these pieces, these visions, whatever?
0: Absolutely. I mean, that's what the, that's what's exciting about being in Peoria. A number of these really great, really interesting artists who are making great work, who who are looking beyond just their own work and trying to really help each other, help grow the community, help grow the scene, and we're able to grab a lot of those and help them and, and have them work with us at the guild. And people who have a great vision, great education, know what they're talking about, know what would be good for for us as a community. Um, and really, really want to help out. So yeah, that's, I'm super psyched about that.
1: Certainly. We'll get back to some of the exhibitions that are coming up and maybe highlight some of those. Um, but then we also have this uh, educational aspect and classes. And so what's the, the studio program there? Um, how is it expanded? And um, what do you guys offer?
0: Well, it was dormant for many years. Unfortunately, it's sort of a financial thing. And so when I, when I came on a year ago, my job was to try to re- restart it and kick it open. So we've got a ceramics lab, a jewelry-making lab, a 2D lab, uh, a couple of other workrooms. And we're trying to figure out exactly what we had to offer. We've got a, some great studio classroom space, great equipment, a great infrastructure, and we're, we're trying to figure out, well, what does Peoria want in terms of art making classes? So right now we've got the traditional, you know, Painting 101, Intro to Ceramics, uh, Casting for Jewelry. You know, some, some fairly traditional classes. But we would like to see the studio school become um, sort of an extension of the gallery. And so we have classes and workshops and programs that go along with what's happening upstairs. You know, if we have an installation show, it would be great to maybe have some people together and try to make an installation in one of the classrooms and, and learn about that process. Um, or you know maybe themed workshops that are going to relate to what's happening upstairs. We want the three, the, the two galleries and the studio school to really work together as an educational component.
1: And, and just out of curiosity, um, how long do these classes typically run? Are they you know like over the course of a couple of months, a couple of weeks, or?
0: A lot of them we try to offer for six weeks. Uh, we think that's a nice little time frame. Um, but then also there's other ones that are just maybe one day workshop, couple hour workshop, or. Feel free to come down and you know throw us ten bucks and use the ceramics studio and use use the kiln.
1: So, like a lot of flexibility then too in terms of like who can who can come and 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 do some work.
0: Absolutely, if you've got the skills, you know have the know how, you just need the space. By all sure. means, come use the studio.
1: Sure, sure. And and I think it's interesting too because you know like I um, I've encountered this a lot. You know, a lot of maybe artists that maybe started out or you know completed their undergraduate degree and you know, realize that, man, I, I got to do something else to make money and, and maybe they have a whole career and, and kind of come back to it. Are there other are kind of like people kind of coming back to art making, too, um, in in terms of just kind of being able to use the space, uh, knowing that it's there?
0: I think so. We've had a, several ceramics artists who, have, you know, they just haven't made work since college and they come back and say, well, I'd love to make something again. And I say, well, get down there and get making something. Sure. You know, they fall right back into it. They love it. And then they start thinking about, well, maybe I could put a show together, and it helps sort of you know motivate them some more, so yeah, that's the great tragedy of art school, isn't it? How many of us don't don't continue after we graduate just from space, time, whatever it is?
1: Maybe I'm being silly here, but it almost seems like a like almost like a trend to kind of like I don't know develop these uh, these local kind of scenes instead of just always thinking about it. It's got to be like New York or l a or you know something like that.
0: Well, I definitely think that's the trend. Um, I hope we can keep people who get out of school. I think you get out of school, you still dream of going to the big city, and then oftentimes people come back to these smaller towns. I I want to create the kind of culture where people who are in school think, hey, this is this is where things are happening, this is where the vibrant scenes happening. I want to stay here, but definitely, I think these, you know, these kind of small cities, it's it's a place where artists we all know each other, we all have a common goal, and maybe there's some political issues here and there, but you know, everybody wants to they want to create something, and it's if it's small enough and and cooperative enough that what we create helps the other guy next to you create something and helps her create something over there. And we all grow together. And It's really exciting here in Peoria. I I see it happening a lot.
1: Are there any disadvantages to that? And then I guess, what are the advantages to it as well?
0: Well, I've been trying to think about that here in terms of Peoria, what Peoria really needs to keep growing. Uh, Part of the problem is I think when you're just kind of working together and you're helping each other out and that's great, but oftentimes a a critical discourse falls behind and we stop and and artists stop thinking about, well, what what am I doing that's really significant or important or relevant? And we just kind of make things for the sake of making things. I I want us to also slow down and and, and think about, well, hold on, what are you you doing here? What's the point of that? What's the purpose of that? I'd like some more critical discourse to be happening. And I see that sometimes get left behind in the excitement of making something. Well, why are you making it? Let's think about what we're making here. Um, maybe definitely bandages. We've got some. We've got tons of space here. We all we, we all know each other. It's this low cost of living, so we don't have to work at our regular jobs quite as hard to have some time to make something. <laughs> <laughs> um, there is a level of accessibility where you know the galleries here aren't that uh, highfalutin. You know they're not that necessarily prestigious or they don't have the, quite that reputation. So maybe it's 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 you, you feel more approachable to go into a gallery. We're in Chicago or in New York or wherever. Uh, maybe there's a level of uh, pretension or elitism that, that that's that's not present here. That I feel
1: you can park, you know, without having to pay. Uh, <laughs> you know, that's that's kind of an advantage, obviously. But I mean, like, I don't know. It's it's just interesting to think about that. Maybe it kind of rotates depending on you know where someone lives or, or works. But you know, it seems like um, having that kind of like immediate connection to a community is something that's a little bit different than. You know, kind of having to travel and then participate in, in a different one, you know?
0: Yeah, it's your community. Um, you go downtown, you, you know, you're, you have a familiarity, you have a, a comfort level. Um, and it's, yeah, there's a level, I guess a level of easiness that is, that is great. But again, also can I think can sometimes if things are too easy, maybe we lose sight of, of the importance of what we're doing. It's easy, but it's also really important.
1: So, getting back to the to the exhibition schedule, are, are there some exhibitions that we can kind of highlight in terms of what's coming up?
0: Yeah, uh, February twenty first and twenty second, we've got a show called uh, "Guess You Had to Be There." It's an installation art show. We're going to have off site at the riverfront of this this banquet hall. The Park District's giving us to work with. So, we've got I think eleven installation artists, some local, some national, who are going to come here and make work. And we're going to have kind of this this two day. Installation art festival. It's going to be there's going to be video, there's going to be interactive work, there's going to be giant sculptures. It's, it's, I can't, I'm, I'm, can't wait to see what it's going to be.
1: Yeah, it sounds incredible. Who are, who are some of the artists that are participating that you might, I don't know, just kind of be really excited to to be working with?
0: Yeah, our local artists are going to be we've got Don Gettler, we've got Christina Lemaster, we've got Shane Rodums out of Champaign Urbana, we've got Rebecca Hamlin Green out of Chicago, we've got uh, David Hamlow, um, Ian Shelley, Agnes Ma, Abigail, Lucian—some um, some really exciting uh, artists. That are a great variety of work.
1: Well, and it's—it's it's interesting to think about too. Like just—I uh, don't know—putting something that's out there, you know, like out outdoors, um, you know, outside of the gallery space, you know.
0: Yeah, it's a—it'll be a challenging space to be honest. It's an old banquet hall, and we've got access to the entire building. So some work's going to be outside, some work's going to be inside. It's a space we're not familiar with, so it's going to be a challenge for me as well as for the artists to figure out how, what are we going to do here? How are we all going to work together in this one big space? And, um, I think for the viewer, it's going to be a really, a really wild experience.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And so what's coming up after that?
0: Our our annual show, Nude Attitude, which is kind of a, an exhibit about the the human figure. It's kind of just a fundraising party scene, but we've got, I think 200 applications for that, that that are being filtered through right now. And then our April show is still a little bit in flux. Um, yeah. Uh, this summer, we've got, um, actually, we've got two Studio Break award winners. Bethany Carlson's in June. And then, you know, Joe Pay- we've got Joe Pay, Shane Harris, a couple of installation artists downstairs. In July, Corey Slauson, who is also a Studio Break winner, is also going to be showing here. She's coming to Peoria specifically to kind of have a look around and, and make some work that's very specific to this place, which I'm pretty psyched to see what she's going to make.
1: Well, and as an installation artist, I mean, that's something that you do too. So, I mean, is that something that I don't know, it seems like you'd be very specialized in terms of being able to, to help artists kind of really make work for a space.
0: Yeah, I, I like to be available, too, to help help with that. We've got a lot of space and we've got some time to really work with the artists and make something very relevant and, and very particular to hear. But uh, for the fall, we've got three, three photographers who are going to be dealing with uh, motherhood. And that's going to be a pretty cool show. Christina LeMaster, uh, Joy Christensen, Erb, and a third one we have yet to commit to. But you know, that, I think that idea of motherhood is, is a topic that's kind of pretty trendy right now. And these are three, th- three photographers dealing with uh, the trials of being a mother, but also what happens when your kids go away. Sort of empty nest motherhood. Um, I, I'm excited about that one.
1: I think one of the things that's interesting about a space like this then is that, you know, that really could be a show to help uh, stimulate a conversation with with a community.
0: Yeah, I mean, I love the idea that we can use an art show to to address an issue and and to have a wider conversation. Obviously, that's what art should be doing. It should be affecting society. Society affects art, vice versa. But let's have a specific art show and really use that as a starting point for a much larger conversation. Why not? It's perfect.
1: Well, and and by having like three different artists too, you have different, you know, slightly different viewpoints. I think sometimes people get in people get it into. Um, get it into their minds that there's only kind of maybe one way of doing something or one way exa- of examining it you know and I think certainly with conversations I mean they're kind of meant to be I don't know open-ended and kind of you know always taking in new stimuli and new information and
0: yeah you know it, it, our, the artist has filter right so you've got one topic you've got one medium so there's a couple of you know um, baselines there now how does each artist approach that what do their own experiences bring to it that tells you something about how we as people, you know, are, are very different from one another, even though the topic's the same, and this is what we're going to create, and it's going to be very unique. And I think that's that's something that's important to remember, too, for the viewer. Before
1: we forget, again, there is a show that will be running through February 18th called Gathering Fringe and Inside Outside. Are those two exhibitions?
0: Yeah, those are great exhibitions. Sarah Nance from Virginia Commonwealth University is upstairs, and she did Gathering Fringe. It's a, a floor-based installation of, of coal slag and glass microbeads. It's this sort of this kind of amazing flat topography that sort of goes through the whole gallery. It's this really beautiful, really sumptuous, luxurious but simple and subtle installation that are really kind of blows people away. Rebecca Hamlin Green's out of Chicago, and she does kind of ceramics and you know, let's say deconstructed domestic interiors downstairs. So again. Very different work, but work that I think speaks very well together and and gives people a really cool uh, experience to see both shows at the same time.
1: There's plenty of hours that you can find out about on the Peoria Art Guild to, you know, make sure that you can check out this
0: show. Again, it runs through February 18th.
1: Yeah. Anything that we're missing? I
0: think we hit the highlights, the upcoming highlights, and hopefully for each show, there's going to be two or three different events that happen at the same time. Uh, Discussions, lectures, workshops, That's, that's the goal. So we'll see how that pulls together.
1: Yeah, and I imagine that you'll have some uh, studio break listeners put together packets right now, maybe a group of artists or something like that. So very cool exhibition venue, and uh, sounds like a lot of openness in terms of what they can fill in that space.
0: Yeah, please do it and go to our Tumblr. I have a bunch of exhibition pages there, peoriaartguild.tumblr.com. It's pretty hard to get accurate photos of that gallery. It's you've been there. It's 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 hard to capture what exactly it is, but uh, yeah, please take a look. See what we're and see if see if you're interested in being a part of it we'd love to have more and more applications all the time
1: and and just to double check too so where where else can people find out about the peoria art guild obviously the peoria art guild website peoriaartguild.org
0: yeah and i've got my my exhibitions blog peoriaartguild.tumblr.com and then we've got a, a facebook page too you know that's what people do, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. Again, so check out the Tumblr page, the Facebook page, and check out the Peoria Art Guild. Thanks once again, Joshua Cox, for joining me, and I uh, really appreciate it. Thanks again.
0: Yeah, thanks, Dave. This has been a lot of fun.
1: Thanks once again to Josh for joining us, and please go check out PeoriaArtguild.org. Once again, you can find out about more information for exhibitions, submitting proposals, and other things like that. Please follow their Tumblr account and, of course, their Facebook page. Please also remember to check out the two exhibitions currently up by artists Sarah Nance and Rebecca Hamlin-Green. Again, that runs through February 18th. We do want to remind any new listeners to go ahead and check out the other archived episodes on Studio Break. There's an archive button right there on the left sidebar. You can listen in the default player while you're scrolling through images or you can follow that hyperlink, go to the iTunes store, subscribe to the podcast, and then you can easily go back through the archive and never miss an episode that way. So please do that. And, of course, if you like the podcast, we always love it when people leave us some positive feedback. Lots and lots of people listen to podcasts in the world and you could help someone find this one. So thanks for helping out there. And, of course, you can also help us out by sharing the word on social media. So please like our facebook page again you can find out some information on new podcasts as well as announcements interesting articles things like that you can follow our tumblr account that studio dash break tumblr and last but not least please go ahead and follow our twitter handle that's at studio break and of course tweet us there again always great to hear from artists We do want to thank Skylar Mail for providing the music to Studio Break. You can find out more about him, his artwork, at SkylarMail.com. Of course, if you want, you can check out my work as well. That's DavidLinaway.com. You can see some of the recent paintings that I've been putting up. And we've now burned through all of our typical announcements and things like that. We thank you once again for listening and hope that you check out the Peoria Art Guild. We'll talk to you real soon.